a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Footy Talk, Journos Edition, we're back again. Michael, you've got the story that um, you kind of created and you're keeping it simmering away. Oh, Dylan, Jerome, who do you keep? Can you keep them both? Jerome worth what Mitchell Moses is worth? Who knows? Oh, what a shock. You mentioned Mitchell Moses. Uh, Danny? We've been speaking to Trent Robinson. We'll have the latest on Angus Crichton. Here it comes, Footy Talk. Footy Talk, Journos edition. We're back. Adam Peacock alongside Danny Widler, who's already been hard at work. We're recording this mid-morning. You've already got your story in the can for today. Danny, you're a master. I've got a yeah, good story actually tonight on the news. It'll be uh, Bronson Sherry having a chat. So Ooh, okay. yeah, caught up with him. Um, so we'll uh, hear what he's got to say. We'll dive into that in a bit of um, Rooster's talk as well. Michael Chamis is here as well. Just out of bed. How are you, Michael? You make it sound like he works hard <laughs> early in the morning. The guy wakes up at 3 a.m. Seriously. What? Do you? I'm not a sleeper. What? Yeah. 3 a.m. Oh, look, I, yeah, on average, about that, three or four. Far out. I love the morning. Yeah, but you go to bed early. What do you go to bed at seven? Six? <laughs> 9.30, 10. No, yeah. you do not. I've Last been on night. tours with you and every time, unless you just brush me because you don't want to come to dinner. That's usually the like, case. You're like, I'm going to go to bed. It's 6.30, Danny. Let's get some tie. No, no, I'm just going to have a little. A no wonder he gets all the stories. He's Mate, waking I'm, up when I, all the atrocities happen in rugby yeah. leagues. Oh, turn your phone off, Chammy. It's hey? an atrocity. Oh, highly yes. unprofessional. Uh, highly unprofessional. Yeah. Oh, you were on the phone last week too while we were talking. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was checking something. I was trying to see if you were yeah, trying to see what if you said was right and if you, I was going to correct you. But Now, Michael, you, you got right. bored last weekend, so you decided to just create a story and now everyone's still talking about it a few oh, days later because you, we you wrote about it in the paper, you mentioned it on Triple M, you said it on 100% footy as well. So Penrith and their, their salary cap squeeze, it's, it's bound to happen. It's going to continue to happen if they continue to produce the calibre of players that they've got through their junior system. And at the moment, at the point of that squeeze, looks to be Dylan Edwards and Jerome Luai. So in the days after you mentioned it on the Monday Scrum, Listener Towers, what's happened since? Has has any movement happened in oh, terms of Penrith was, and what they're considering? No, there was going to be no immediate movement because both players are free agents from November 1. But as we know, clubs with their salary cap, they need to work 12 to 18 months in advance at the very least. And Penrith, internally conversations are happening around what do we do with the situation that's going to present itself in the coming months? Because... They've already gone and re-signed Isaiah Yo, extended him before he becomes a free agent November 1. They've done the same thing with Moses Leota. So Penrith, the way they like to work, they get in early and extend blokes before they become free agents. With Luai and, and Edwards and, Mar- and Liam Martin as well, he's the other one in this situation. There's three of them free agents November 1. Penrith internally believe they have a decision to make because if they get market value, which you could argue is for Dylan in excess of 800 and some people suggesting seven figures, and Jerome Luai, you'd say he's probably a million-plus player as well, given Mo- Mitchell Moses got 1.3 million and Nico Hines is on one-plus. And considering Moses hasn't won a competition and only played Origin because Nathan Cleary was unavailable, what's a two-time Premiership winning, Origin winning, lead your country to the World Cup player worth? So what are you laughing at? I'm just laughing. You have to have a slap at Mitchell Moses, don't you? <laughs> you just can't let it go. What are you talking about? Just halfway through. We are half to a half. But there's a little slap. And it's not a slap. There's always something He's on with one you. Point something can't you. Million. Just, can't you just be straight? 
I am straight. Just be straight and it's straight. you've got a good story, good talking point. You still have to have a little <laughs> little go through, don't you? It's, That's just your style. We are comparing this, this guy. Mitchell is doing a bit of work with Triple M as well. Eventually oh. you are going to share a studio with him. That's okay. I've got no issue with Mitchell. He earned one point something million. The Tigers offered him one point <laughs> four million. It is it is related to our conversation. What's wrong with you, Danny? Oh, you make me laugh. Anyway. Continue. You're um, a funny bloke, Michael. So those conversations are gonna happen. Now I, I don't think Penrith Penrith can be in this situation. They handle it two ways. Do they offer them unders to try and keep both of them? Yes. Well, but it's backfired at other clubs. I think Parramatta, and I'm not having a slap here because he's just bagging me, but Parramatta a couple of, or last year decided they're going to try and keep all their good, all their players. So they offered what they felt was required to keep them. And you know that Reed Marnie and Isaiah Papaliti, what Parramatta's first offer was, they felt disrespect. Mm. Mm. And both players left. And Isaiah Papali regretted that because he wanted to try and stay. Because the offer that they got at the Tigers, Parramatta were going to get to in the end anyway. For me, the main difference there is that Penrith has had so much success and that they appear to me to be the sort of club who can – it's dynasty sort of club, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, the, the premierships they've won, uh, the bond they have. I know you know, a, a mateship doesn't pay your, your mortgage, but I do think that there is some element of that, that they're a well-bonded team. Uh, and that they are a team who probably want to stay together as much as possible. Some losses are going to be inevitable, like the the kick hours, and you can't keep everybody. I, I don't see either Luai or Edwards as being particularly money-driven individuals. And I know Edwards has been well and truly underpaid for a while, and he could almost double or double and a half his salary if he went somewhere else. Yeah. When we talk about Edwards being underpaid, let's be fair, they offered him a deal reflecting his talent back when he signed that deal yeah, a couple and he's, of years the, ago. Yeah, it's a good deal for Penrith. It, at the time, you felt what, – what Penrith did, they extended him to 2024 and said, we've got Charlie Staines coming through. Mm. That's what – remember when Charlie yep, Staines yep. came through four tries? They said, well, extend Dylan Edwards. By that time, Charlie Staines will be ready. Charlie Staines is no longer at the club and mm. Dylan Edwards has doubled his salary. He's going mm. to – So is Charlie Staines down. as well by going to the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> For one true. year, yeah. For one, which is odd. Oh, he was he was contracted to Penrith. They released him and they mm. they've paid him a little bit there. But well, I guess Michael, what we what we don't know, or, or you might know, because you're you you know the inner workings of Penrith. It seems you're you've got you've got access to the whiteboard uh, at that club. What's coming up from beneath? Do they have an excellent fullback coming up? Do they have an excellent number six coming up? I mean, that's to me, that's got to be part of the decision. Penrith have got excellent everything coming up. Yeah, that's, that, that's well, that's true. Though. <laughs> that's true. so and maybe they maybe yeah. they just go in for one guy. You know, I think if they felt that Jerome Luai was going to leave, they may have went hard to keep Isaiah Katoa, the young eighteen-year-old that's debuted for the Dolphins. He's he's a very be good a sensation, yeah. Isaiah Katoa, and he would have been that would have left him in a situation mm. where they felt okay. If we do lose Jerome, then we've got someone ready to go. There is a good fullback or outside back, Jesse McLean. They've got plenty of them. There's going to be someone coming through. They're going to make decisions as well, Penrith, that are going to be viewed upon in five years' time as wrong ones mm. because they're producing such talent. Mm. that you and can't, not all of them come through. You're trying to predict where their ceiling is and you've got guys at their ceiling and trying to predict how long they're going to stay at their ceiling. Yeah. And eventually it catches up. It happens one, across all the sport. Wrong, any salary cap, like not even leagues with salary caps, like Manchester United, one point, during their great run, they had players at every other club in mm. the Premier League. They were providing, and, and I can see the same happening with Penrith. They're going to provide well, so many now, players yeah. to the competition. I, I take what you said earlier. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but at what point do some people start to think, we've achieved yeah. a lot already. Mm. And I'm at a point in my career where I've won two comms, I've won Origin Series, I've won World Cups. 
why don't they go out and, and, and chase a challenge? Mm. And I'm not saying winning multiple premierships with Penrith isn't a challenge, but I wonder if that gets in the thought process of any of those players there thinking, okay, well, maybe would... I can go and cash in somewhere else or I can go and prove, for, in Jerome Luai's case, and I'm not putting words in his mouth because I don't know this is the case, mm. but I wouldn't blame if you thought, everyone thinks this team is Nathan Cleary's, which it is. I don't get the credits that, credit that I deserve. I want to show people that I can run a football yeah, team. Good challenge. Didn't what? you see the first half against Manly? Why wouldn't you want to be involved in something like that on a weekly basis? Oh, look, they've had a lot of success and they've all played together for many years. I'm just saying there may be a part of the play, and it happens in world sport. I, I, yeah. think, I think, what, didn't didn't Kyrie leave LeBron James to be the… He's the, a different character, though. Yeah, well, he's a different character. And people say Jerome. Danny, do you know who Kyrie I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, no, I've <laughs> heard of LeBron. We could have said that in Swahili. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would have made more sense to Danny. <laughs> don't get me involved in, what's that, NBA? NBA. Okay, NBA. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Not well, he thing. used the Scotty Pippen preference. I know. Well, preference. Yeah. And yeah. on our little group chat, yes. you went, who, who's this Pippen? Well, that's what Adam said <laughs> the other day. For? Adam said the other day, Scott, does, does he want to be the Scotty Pippen to Nathan Cleary's Michael Jordan forever? I, I don't know. Only Jerome knows well, that. Scotty Pippen was paid $2 million in those great Chicago Bulls teams when Michael Jordan was on. Yeah. But then he left. Jordan left, broke up. Scotty Pippen got his payday. And you can just Jerome Luai want to do that. Win as many comps as you can, get to a certain point, get to 28, 29. And a team that's looking to kind of prop itself up with experience and and game-winning mentality, like the modern-day West Tigers, for instance, that they go in and pay him way overs to get him there and he might be a broken player. Well, I, I don't think the West Tigers would be the right home for Jerome Luai. No, I, I'm not I, saying the Tigers now. I think now, the Bulldogs but... could be the right home. If they can get their salary cap in order, they need a seven. I know they've signed Carl Oluwapu, so but there so was you, talk you that you play he, Luai at seven, would you? Yeah, I, okay. I think there are people who think yep. he can play seven. And he yep. showed at the World Cup, yep. while he wore six on his back, he led that team, Samoa, the, to There'd the be World no Cup. shortage of people putting their hand up yeah. for Jerome Luai if he went on the open market. We come to then affordability, like because we're saying Penrith can't afford these guys. How can the Bulldogs then afford, what is it? We're know, talking Burton, 2025. Crichton, uh, Villy, Marnie, Sherry. You know, there's a lot of well, blokes. Luke Thompson talk. and Kyle Flanagan are probably on about 1.4 million. Tavita. Tavita yeah. is off contract at the end of 24. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are a lot of guys there who could move. And we well, know the master, your mate, here we go. Gus, <laughs> if anyone, mate, Gu- honestly, Gus, yeah, might uh, no. now sell later. Worry yeah. about it later. He's a, I know he's a Luai fan too, so. No, I'm not saying anything's happening. There yeah. isn't. No, nothing's but I know, happening I know. with the Bulldogs, but <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> you, 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 you're, driving, you're, you're driving him to Belmore now. No, no, I hope he stays. I hope they both stay and they can, the Panthers afford it because you want to see Who would you, who would you keep? You had to keep one. You, there's too many other factors. How much you're paying them. Like, if you're paying 1.2 for Jerome or you're paying 800 for Dylan, well, then it makes sense to keep Dylan at eight. But if you're paying Dylan a million and Jerome it takes a, a million, then then you got a decision to make. I'd, I'd keep Dylan if I was Penrith. And Jerome, I reckon, on the open market would be worth more than Dylan. Yeah, you're probably right. A lot of people have said, oh, yeah, you've got to keep Jerome because it's with Nathan because they get along and they've played so long. Jerome, uh, sorry, Nathan and Dylan are actually best of mates. It's mm. Jerome Jerome hangs out with Stephen and, and mm. Brian and as, Na- as, as close as Nathan and... Jerome up. Yeah. Don't underestimate I mean, his relationship with mm. Nathan's relationship with Dylan as well. Yeah, they're, they're all like that group. I, I witnessed it last year at a, a shoot that Fox were doing at um, Allianz Stadium and the whole team got bust in. It was a Tuesday night and the whole team came in, probably not what they felt like doing, but they had an hour to kill before it and someone bought some Uno cards or something like that. They played this ridiculous game where they all yeah. flipped over the Uno cards and flipping it in the middle. And if anyone could get the same number on top of the number that exists, and there, there was twenty blokes around a circle, and they were all dancing around like it was, you yeah. know, like they were all thirteen-year-old kids oh, yeah. 
carrying on like pork chops, having a great time. I don't care what anyone says. How happy do you reckon uh, the Panthers will be to do that fox shoot next year Uh, after some of the stuff that's been going? (laughs) Like what? Oh, you've seen the. There's been attacks on their culture. Yep. Uh, It's been pretty, pretty, pretty fierce. Um, and it's been pretty personal at Ivan Ivan Cleary one, as one well. One program in particular, yeah, yeah, 360. Yeah, yeah. 360 have been the ones targeting. And I think as um, I, I guess everyone's allowed to have their view on things and they have criticism. Where, where I found it weird was that they were even being criticised for, we'll talk about Jerome Luai, his wedding speech at Brian Toto's wedding. When and, he was blasted. Yeah, and he was blasted. But, but I mean, well, is Ivan Cleary supposed to read that speech before he makes it? I think that's how, well, but you know what I mean? Like how far is it supposed to go? Yeah, I, that wasn't a good speech. I'm not defending it. But that's not Ivan's fault. It's not It's not a reflection on the Penrith team's culture. I've had a lot to do with the Penrith team one-on-one mm. personally with these guys over their entire run. And I'm not as close to them maybe as, as Michael is as individuals. But the the level of respect and decency they've shown to an outsider like me has been I can't fault them. I can't mm. fault the sort of the people. I mean, no one's perfect. They've had dramas in their past which they deserve to be criticized for. But to question their culture now and to attack them, I I can't agree with it. And some of the stuff at Ivan, it's because I think it's because Ivan went against uh, the Raiders and there's a history between the Raiders and and the Panthers, I think that's all part of it as well. What's the Raiders got to do with it? Well, you know what it's got to do with it. Yeah, we well, we, we heard the 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 weak, gutted dog person comments. Mm. That's obviously fired things up. There's a long history there. Uh, some of the people supporting the Raiders have a very good relationship with Ricky Stewart, and that's perceived as to yeah, look, perhaps I, I why that, things are going Kent on. And Ricky Stewart, let's get it out there. Paul Kent and Ricky Stewart, uh, like they get on. And, and like people in but the media we, get we, on with But we can't say that hand. Ricky's saying a poor Kent no, to say things because that's not. wrong. You know what though? Like a lot of people criticise Kenty for sticking up for Ricky. But oh, you got to respect that he's got a friend that he's had a, a long yeah. standing relationship with Ricky Stewart and he it's goes into that for him. And I respect that. But I think the, the stuff around Penrith, and I, I couldn't agree with you more that it's further from the truth with, with those players. There are things they do on the field that some people don't agree with. There's, there's a lot of the it's American, American sport. sports yeah, culture yeah, that yeah, to, yeah. they adapt and the lair nature to that that's the way they are. But Danny as of people, all people doesn't understand that. <laughs> he doesn't understand <laughs> that. Doesn't even that. know what the NBA is. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual people they are, and I, and I have had a lot to do with them for a long, long time. They treat people the way they treat you, and they have been nothing but exceptional. How can you how can you bag a club that puts on KFC in the media box? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm they not, do. I'm not a fan, actually. And they do have one of the best media managers going around. Are we sponsored by Maccas or something? Um, yeah, but Maccas is better. With the, the, it's the Panthers v. Fox label. It's odd because it, that's a perception that looks like from outside. However, when you look at it, Greg Alexander, board member at Penrith, <laughs> so he's kind of on one particular side there. I helped um, on the show that Maddie and Cooper do, the um, tactic show, which is just a fascinating look at how mm-hmm. rugby league actually works Good show, on yeah. the field. Yeah. And Cooper uh, is a big fan of how Penrith go about their business because he's a, a rugby league aficionado, if you <laughs> want to call it. And Maddie, I don't think there's a bigger Isaiah Yo fan in the world yeah. than Matt Johns. Mm-hmm. And he loves the way that Nathan goes about their business and he's blown away by how they do it. So it is a little... The 360 program. Yeah, so maybe it's just that show. And maybe that, that show a, a and, of, and a few others as well. But it 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 is very much a and us it, against them kind of. And I don't think we can look. blame it on all on Ricky Stewart. I mean, I don't think that's fair because I mean, no. I think I think 
Ricky's got his own ideas and I'm sure Paul Kent's got his own mind and his ability to form his own opinions. No, he doesn't give two yeah. hoots about what yeah. other people think That's of right. him. And, yeah. So I think that obviously he's he's saying a lot of this off his own bat. Um, whether any of it's influenced by Ricky, I don't know. I think with rugby league media though, and and you'd know this, Danny. Yep. When a club gets a, gets along with a certain section of the media, the other section of the media, yeah, they don't like it, yeah. and they just they decide then to target that club rather than. And it happens both ways. Let's mm. be honest, it happens both ways. And in this particular instance, the nine, the old Fairfax side of it, we've long had a good relationship with Penrith, and that hasn't been the case with with News Corp. And unfortunately, sometimes that Penrith feel the wrath of that. And a lot of people said, I'll tell you what, I remember there were people at the club when Gus was there. When towards the end of Gus's time, there were people at Penrith and said, him not being at the club will provide us with some breathing space because Gus has a target on his back when it comes to News Corp. Yeah. And, and Penrith towards the end got, I was sick of it, but they felt like they were getting unfairly um, criticized because they were associated with Phil Gould. Whether or not that changed when Gus left, there is an element of that in rugby league media where, where teams get criticised more because of the the side of this media. That well, it happens in all sports. I remember, remember when Steve Waugh, mm -hmm. uh, going to cricket here, back when, just before he scored that century at the SCG, he was under all kinds of pressure and there was this massive campaign that went on for months. The Herald loved him and thought he was Sir Donald Bradburn mm. reincarnate mm. and just <laughs> out, of, uh, <laughs> out of the blue – the Telegraph and everything were saying he has to go. He's hopeless. He's done. He's passed his use by date. I'd, I'd be fascinated to know the history behind that. Like, why? I don't know. And it happens mm. a fair bit. But you, but you do that as a – I remember as a young journo coming through, you look around and you see which journos talk to which people at clubs and who they're close to, and you pick the opposite side because you know there's someone there who wants to be able to talk to To give you, you the story. And I, I, Cronulla have had a long-standing relationship with News Corp through David Riccio and – and Phil Rothfield and Buzz is the number two ticket holder behind right. uh, behind one Scomo. And well, and, is he uh, the so, number one? <laughs> well, so Scomo's you, now you're, retiring, you're so I think Buzz might be number, yeah. number one now. <laughs> Especially if he gets that stadium funding <laughs> deal with his, <laughs> which is a good fight. I, I must add, uh, in there in the media that he's playing out Buzz yeah. about uh, Shark Park funding. Anyway, carry on. No, but that, that's. But that that's, that's a deliberate you, strategy. That doesn't preclude you from having a good relationship. No, it with, doesn't. With I, I get along with Dino yeah. Mezzatesta at the Sharks, the CEO there. But you, you make conscious decisions, Danny, when you're coming through, where you're more likely to be able to get your contacts and your sources from, and that's just the game that we play as well. There's a, there's a game within the game, and it's quite political, and it can be quite volatile at times. Within uh, this, the self interest in rugby league is is unbelievable, and and, and that, as a journalist, it makes our jobs a lot easier. Yeah. Do you find that as well, Danny? That yeah, I'd say Michael's, yeah, pretty spot on. Yep, spot on. I think, I think that some clubs will, some clubs won't even give you a chance. Mm. Really? Yeah. Just because of who yeah. you work well, for? Well, often, often, if if, oh, if if there's any history, they're, they're reluctant to go back on that history and it takes a big person at a club to, to welcome you in if you've had a history with a club or with individuals at the club. It's easier then to write stories that doesn't suit that club. Because you're not getting access. It, it comes, it goes, it comes in swings and roundabouts. Yeah. If you look at like, I, I used to have a good relationship, or still do have a good relationship with former Canterbury chairman Ray Dib. But when you have such a close relationship with someone, and they get resold the way he did, and the Andersons come in, it's hard to then. Yeah, it's hard to then. You're, you're you're considered the enemy, you're and it's hard guy. to sort of exactly. Hmm. And that and that, regardless of whether or not you you're fair to that person, there's a history. There's a history there. Yeah, and history. and for me, you know what? I actually sit there and think. I'm not going to start now 
bagging Ray or going in a different direction because, you know, I have a relationship and I value that relationship. And mm. the price to pay that relationship is when he's gone, the other camp, the other camp mm. doesn't like you. Mm. Danny, Angus Crichton, how's yeah. he doing? Is he playing soon? So he's going to be playing reserve grade for the Roosters this week. Or oh, for their uh, All-Stars reserve grade. Yeah, All-Stars <laughs> reserve grade. Uh, yeah. Nathan Brown. Uh, yeah, Satili Tupanoa might be playing. Did I, I say Dylan Napa as well? Brown, yeah. Yeah, Dylan Napa. I saw him uh, roosters the other day. Yeah, uh, they have a salary cap in reserve grade as well. <laughs> no, just kidding, roosters. It's okay. No, Danny's not going to bag You're them. All so under he's the got cap. a relationship. That's what we're talking about. Um, and I think that uh, you'll see Angus. I spoke to Trent Robinson today at a media conference, and he was asked about how Angus is sort of physically, obviously, um, mentally. They're they're monitoring everything he's doing. Physically, he said that they're going to try and get fifty to eighty minutes of football into him. This week, and I said, "Are you going to then take it a bit easy to bring him back into first grade?" They said, "No, no reason to do that." He comes through that. I think he'll be. I think the plan is to consider him for first grade even as early possibly as the following week. So, okay, he. I I thought he'd be underdone, given that he's had the time off for his um, mental health. But clearly, the Roosters are of the opinion that that he's not. I thought it'd be a number of weeks before we'd see him back, but. Robbo was um, was pretty adamant that that's that's the plan. And there's another element. Actually, one one of the journalists asked a question whether there was any fear that he'd be um, sledged. Robbo was very strong in his answer that he'd he'd think that we're beyond that now. Like that, you know, that sort of thing wouldn't really take place because so many people are affected by mental health. Yeah. Um. I don't think I don't think players or sledge him. I, I you can't control what fans will do. They're still making. They're still giving racial abuse to players, which I can't comprehend. Mm. So hopefully there'll be a level of respect there for, for Angus it's, as well. It's a delicate one to report on, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, very, very delicate. For mm. the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think eventually um, Angus will tell us whatever he can, you know, mm. when, he, when he's ready. I don't, think, I don't think there's anyone rushing him to speak about things and I hope that, um, you know, when he, when he does, he'll be treated with respect. What happened to, uh, with Bronson Sherry as well? Was that this morning too? No, I, I, I went out yesterday um, with uh, actually Adam Dewey's local club. Uh, I think the Strathfield Vikings, mm. and he went and did a um, went and sort of supervised a clinic, or he watched he watched what was going on at a kids' clinic. Spent some time with the kids, um, and I, I grabbed him for a quick chat, which will be on the on the news tonight, talking about just where he's at uh, and his hopes going forward. So. Yeah, he's interesting to talk to, and that he'll be a little tease here, Danny, or just like. Well, I think he—he's one of the few athletes um, in my time. I think actually Wendell Sailor's one as well, who hasn't tried to lie to us or or give us some sort of story about what they've done wrong when mm. they when they when they did their thing wrong. They've they've owned it. You've got to give him credit for that. So he owns it, and now he wants to basically. The reason he said he'd have a chat to me is because he wants to tell people about, you know, why he, what he did was wrong and how there are better ways forward. Yeah. Good. He's been working hard, Danny. He has been. What have you been doing? Showing you Nothing. up. Just pretending to work. <laughs> <laughs> Make a few phone calls, ring the boss. Causing trouble at Penrith. Uh, what's different? Here's a break. <laughs> Back on 40 Talk, Dragons coaching search. As in that last 24 hours, it's kind of risen up again in terms of a, a souffle that we can all tuck into. Is it any closer to being resolved <laughs> or are we just going to go round and round here for the next couple of months? No, but we, this is what we expected when the Dragons went down this path, when they decided that they were going to be open and honest with 
Anthony Griffin that they were going to look at potential options. It was always going to be played out this way. And every time they meet with someone or every time they cross someone off a list, it's a story. Chammy, we talk about open and honest, right? How open and honest do you think they are actually being with Anthony Griffin? Like, do you realistically think he's actually any hope of coaching him well, next you year? Well, you've got to go back to when they spoke to him. They spoke to him before a game was mm. played. So Anthony Griffin, as much as they felt that they had concerns and they felt that they may be moving in a different direction, it was in his court. If they got wins, which they haven't been able to do at a, at a level that they probably would be like, then Anthony Griffin would be safe. If they were four from five in their games that they've played, we'd be sitting here thinking Anthony Griffin's given them food for their thought. But they produce performances where, to be honest, it's the same old from the Dragons. Play good for 20 minutes, they go, they go missing. They haven't been back. terrible. No, they haven't been terrible. They haven't been terrible. But they've gone backwards. So, so who, okay, so when those board members are, and the CEO are sitting up in their private box at the game watching the Dragons, are they going, hope we win or be good to have a good to have a no, loss. I'm just sitting there thinking, I hope we win. Because if they don't want change for the sake of change, they if Anthony Griffin had performed and the team had performed this year, then the people of the Dragons would have been happy to continue. But, really? Well, deep down they knew that it wasn't going to change, which is why they went down this path. You've mm. got to make decisions as a club, as a football team, you've got to you gotta read the room. And you can see there there were signs, whether it was player unrest, not people not turning up to the presentation night or People asking for releases, mm. which a couple of players did. Mm. There were signs there to suggest the Dragons, things weren't going well. And we've said before, I think the Dragons made a mistake last year, not pulling the trigger on Anthony yep. Griffin at the end of 22. But they're here now. And I don't think there's reason to suggest what they're doing, looking elsewhere, is the wrong move. No, I'm not saying it is. I think I think they have to. It's just ugly, isn't it? I mean, like... Is it? Well... He's, he was off probably, contract. He it's, was, probably, okay. it's, it's probably ugly for, for Anthony to sit there... And be coaching this group. He has to stand what, what, up in front of his feelings and all this stuff, worrying about people getting hurt. It's professional I'm saying, football. I'm not saying I'm not worried about being hurt. I'm just saying he has to stand in front of a group, mm. knowing that in all likelihood he's not going to be there. Okay. He's trying to get a message through to the group, and they're going, "Well, you're not going to be there." Okay. So what so was it's, what's it's got to come down then? to personal what pride? Changed if the Dragons didn't say anything to Anthony Griffin. You're arguing with yourself. I'm not arguing. With <laughs> no, no, I'm saying didn't they, you're telling me the drag if if they didn't say anything to Anthony Griffin and allowed him to continue coaching this year and didn't say anything. He's off contract. No, I, I think they had – well, I think they should have not appointed him this year, right? Mm. But I think they had to do what they did. Can I, can I bring uh, Ben Hunt into this? Yes. What do you make of his comments? Well, I think I wrote in my column a couple of weeks ago that um, clubs will be watching Ben Hunt very closely because I know – I know there's unrest there. Yeah, but as a captain of that club well, – but do, do, do you think it's the right thing for him to say that, oh, yeah, I may, I may reassess? I, I like Ben Hunt and I get along with him and I think he's a terrific footballer and he's he's carried the Dragons, but he still has only played two finals games since he's been there. He's a hell of a player, Chammy. Yeah, he, I'm not doubting his – but as a captain, do you – can you – should he be saying that? Like, I know he loves Anthony Griffin and he's trying to defend the coach. He's just been honest. And I think he's also – If that's how he feels, that's not what you want from the leader of the club, well, is it? But well, I think I think he knows that Anthony won't be there, and I think he's not happy about it. And I think he may be setting a platform for himself to say, "Well, listen, I wanted to play for that coach. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have a clause. I'm not so keen to play for the next one. I'll see who it is. But if it's not someone I'm thrilled about, I might be. You know I what? Might be out the door. If if I'm the Dragons and my captain, my leader, who I'm paying yes. one point whatever million dollars, is actually thinking that, and 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 everything hinges on who the coach is going to be. See you later. That's is that what the kind he, of person that, you want to lead in your that's club? My, that might be exactly what he wants. Maybe. That might be what he wants. 
I'm not again. I'm not in, you know, in his mind, but that might be what he wants. Guys, this week the Dolphins play Souths, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a just a beautiful, beautiful out there relationship. I don't know, solidified between. You're getting, really, you're getting emotional over there. I know. I'm, I'm okay? trying to put it into words. I, I can't yeah, find you're the words. I'm a little bit. Delving deep into <laughs> just my keep going. softer side. You'll get your words out there. Yeah. You're, a, you're a words man. <laughs> Wayne Bennett and Jason Demetriou are acting like brothers from another mother, basically. <laughs> you got there in the end. You yeah, got there. In the end. But this is unusual in the sense that usually you don't see this amount of love between. And it's good to see because obviously uh, Jason appreciates all the time he spent with Wayne and learning and Wayne appreciates Jason for the coach that he is and the man that he is as well. Can you think of others that have gone down this path of, wow, these these two coaches, they got I, I do remember when Des Hasler left Manly in acrimonious circumstances, he still stayed really tight with Jeff Tuvey and they still yeah. – you know, got on and, and conversed and, and two's got Manly to a grand Coaches final. Coaches who like each other. No, Coaches a, who like few, each other. There's a few. Brad Arthur and Adam O'Brien are close mates. They get on, yeah. Yeah, they, well, they played, well, they played footy together in Kansas. Are they best mates? Or? They are. I think, isn't Adam Jake's godfather? You're telling the story. Yeah, well, I may have made that up. They're pretty, well, they're very close. They're family friends. I'm trying to think on the other, I can tell you on the other side. Who oh, I was going to get to this. Oh, yeah, so you always the negative. Think of the negative, don't you? No, <laughs> you're a man who thinks in negative. I'm a man of the people who the people hates each drama. other's guts with a passion and loves beating the other one. Um, Look, let's start with Wayne. Okay, yeah. oh, Wayne. Who does that Wayne? So have? I think Wayne. Well, do Wayne and Ivan get along after the ghouling? Oh, I don't think. I don't. What think about that's Wayne too and bad. Ricky? What, what about <laughs> what about Wayne and Anthony Seabold? Wayne, Wayne and Anthony Seabold. Wayne, Wayne's yeah. a big fan. Uh, so I think he's got a few. Um, Cameron Seraldo and Anthony Griffin. Uh, didn't we see? Yeah, there wasn't yeah there a, we almost forced Cameron Seraldo out of coaching. Remember Cameron Seraldo tried to quit twice when he was Anthony Griffin's assistant and Gus said, hang in there, hang in there, and they flicked Griffin in the end. Who did we have the other day? Seabold was um, blooming with Demetrio. Was he? Yeah. No, they're, they're sweet now. Are they? Yeah, that was a while back. Okay. There and was some Adam O'Brien, Trent Robinson drama when Adam walked out on the Roosters, his contract as an assistant coach. I think they've patched things up though. Right. Yeah. So look, I think that there is usually around the really big coaches, there's a good couple of stings because they've, oh, they've been around for a Nathan while. Nathan Brown, Wayne Bennett, if he thought with his <laughs> big head instead of his little head, that Ooh. was one of the great sledges of all time. You remember that one? Yeah, I do. That was that, that was, was great. cutting. Do you think that was impromptu? Do you think he just made it up on the spot? No, because he was so pretty. He walked off like <laughs> so proud of himself. Like, I nailed that one. I nailed it. <laughs> Brownie. What about Craig Bellamy? Or is yeah. he so invested in what he does? He doesn't really care for all that crap. It's good, good Look, I think, um, yeah, I don't think he's got natural enemies. I mean, like a lot of people don't like the storm and a lot of people don't like the way the storm changed the tackling techniques or, or led that, you know, hmm. the wrestling. So maybe there was some animosity around that. I just can't quite recall if there was any, particular – well, like like Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy are, are really good mates. There you go. There's one you you wanted because yeah, um, they won premierships yeah, together, and yeah. they and they're just very close. Yeah. Um, in terms of Bellamy, and I think there was a general dislike for the Storm for a lot of years, and I think that coaches in that era may not have liked you know, think, uh, what they were doing. I don't think Madge is sending Tim Sheens any. Um, no, no, was this year? No, they're not. They're not friendly, no. are they? Well, Madge always felt that if Tim, when Tim Sheens came back, he told people that this guy will take my job one day, and Lo and behold, it was one day quick. Did Madge, Madge sending you any flowers at all? Oh, mate. Well, you just this. You just. I'm just asking a question. Don't get along with anyone. Mitchell Moses, Madge. <laughs> it was just. It was a question. Michael Maguire, Mitchell Moses, the M and M's. I'm, I'm only a triple M guy, not a double M guy. <laughs> that's good for you. Yeah, that wasn't. That's, even, that's, that's, that's your that Nathan was Brown moment. Thanks, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Last one, guys. The Fox, gone for origin. If he was coming come back for origin after he was controversially omitted last year. Are you on the Suali'i is going to rugby so Benim train or are you on the Suali'i if he's good enough and he's available? I'm not saying he's the walk-up start, but he's certainly an option. I'd, I'd pick Suali'i. Yep. I'd, I'd give him a go. Team um, Gus, what are you doing? That's not what Gus said. Where's Gus? <laughs> I, I feel like he's. I feel like he's here with us every time he I is. speak to you. He's on your. Show me your I, phone. I, show me your screensaver. You are obsessed. I'm not. Your phone has got Gus as your screensaver. You are obsessed. Did you have a halo he? over his head? I was on. <sighs> you were on 100 footy the I other was. night. I yeah, brushed, no, oh, okay. They brushed Danny for me. Yeah. No, I, I like Gus. No, it was your turn. You share it. Oh yeah, that's what happened. Okay, <laughs> stop. Some, finally, some Fuck truth. Use. Finally, <laughs> some truth. <laughs> Would you ask me? Get along. Am yeah, I was along? it fine the other night? Yeah, it's great actually. Anyway, back to the anyway, question. I, I yeah, I'm, I think they should pick Joseph. Uh, I know that Daniel Tupo has been terrific. Um, but I'd, I'd give him a go. I'd love to see him at that level, and I think he would excel in the big game atmosphere. Yeah, I, I don't like this talk about playing Tom on the wing. Trebojevic, he's yeah. a centre. He is too good a ball player to stick out on a wing. And I, athletically, I don't think he's what he was 12, 24 months ago. Maybe you pick him, Adam? You pick him. Absolutely, yeah. you pick him. Tommy? Pick, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'd even pick him as a 14 through the middle. Pick him as a front row if you had to. And mm. as ridiculous as that sounds, he's he is, he's going to turn into, if he's not already, an elite ball player. Who? So Tommy? Tommy. So he's running Play game. six, couldn't he? I don't know if he's fullback for much longer for Manly. You, you think just uh, you think physically, that's just why. the amount of running that he needs yep. to do. And he was he wasn't one hundred percent against Manly. He went in. Do you uh, play against him Penrith. in the centres and just let him roam? Just to well, remember that game at North Queensland, Townsville, that two years ago, six when him and Latrell yeah, had yeah. both the similar roles. They could just basically not do what they want. It was no, structured still, them. but the number of times they ended up on the same that side was magnificent. It was. I'm pretty sure 50 to 6. That was the biggest origin win at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Probably still that, that was, that was a, a unbelievable. Utter destruction. I was there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they won the first yeah. two games of the series and they lost in game three when That's Mitchell right. Moses played. Oh. <sighs> I'm just telling you what happened. Anyway. With a smile on your face. <laughs> Mitchell, anyway. if you're listening, and I don't know why you would Who are you be. picking? <laughs> Who am I picking? Yeah. I, I was actually going to say, I don't mind Turbo on the wing, but Joey Johns made it sound like it was an absolutely stupid idea, so I'm not going to go against the eighth. <laughs> uh, Have your own opinion, Michael. Well, I would have. I, I would have liked to have seen. I think Jack Whiten at Canberra can go missing, but I think Jack Whiten for New South Wales has proven that he's a big game player on the wing. No, no, in the centres. I'm saying if you pick Latrell and Jack Whiten in the centres, I just think you have got to get Latrell, Jack Whiten, Tom Tedesco all in the team. How do you fit them? So I, I don't. I don't mind picking Tom on a wing and just say just roam, mate. Do do what you need to do. Well, Jack could if, be that 14. He could play because he well, can play. Then where does Nico position. Hines fit? Because mm. I think Nico Hines is your good forward. Is your is your natural fit 14? I reckon if he's not the six. I reckon Nico Hines is your six. Well, don't say that about my boy Romy. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll be right. You can give him a cuddle. You're going to get him a $1.7 million deal <laughs> with Bulldogs by the sounds of it. So, uh, uh, should be but, a player agent, Michael. But with Tom, um, Anthony Seabold, Danny, has said – Yeah, just, so he, he had a media conference this morning, and I think that I wasn't there. It was uh, Zach Bailey was there for us for nine. And beautiful, I'm, man. Yeah, beautiful, man. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful in <laughs> – <laughs> no, in every way. Gorgeous man. He's a good man. Um, he um, relayed me the information that Anthony, without using these exact words, was saying lay off Tom. Um, yeah. Like the analysis and the the way we look at his injuries, uh, he, he reckons it's getting a bit too much. Again, I haven't heard the, the media wow. conference, but that's how it was explained to me. And I guess 
we are obsessed by Tom um, in terms of his hamstrings and ever since Harry and the Corso, we've been, you know, watching everything that, you know, he's been doing. And I don't know whether this hip pointer is related to everything he's been through, but I, there was a lot of focus on that, obviously, recently. Well, that was that's an impact injury. Mm. When you're a, a superstar, there's focus on you. I don't think there's anything. Well, he set a standard for himself in 2021, didn't he? Yeah. So it's like, well, we want to see that more. So if there's, we're not seeing that more, that yeah. it's understandable the chatter. But I get what Anthony Seabold mm. is saying because his body is not 100%. It hasn't got back to the the peak that it needs to be, oh, yeah. that he wants it to be. You're, you're mainly, uh, your boys are struggling, I think. Yes. They're overhyped. I didn't overhype them. Overhyped. Did you hype them up, Michael? Or? No, no. Overhyped. I said at the start of the season, let's all, after that first win against Canterbury, let's all calm down mm. because last year there was a real soft underbelly defensively about the team. And then the last couple of games has come rushing right oh, back so worse. they can fix it. Helma to Alungi last week, defensively. Jeez. Teams in the NRL now, as we saw, I mean, that first 20 minutes when Parramatta just peppered West Tigers left side, mm. you see one little weakness, one little we half it, crack, yeah. and you're relentlessly we having to repel it. it. We almost went through a podcast without talking about the West Tigers, but you had to bring him into it. Hang on, you brought up, oh, we talked about your man Maguire before, so. Yeah, but he's camera yeah, was a link. How could you not? We talked about the Dragons, we talked about the Tigers, we played footy talk bingo, <laughs> and we succeeded once again. Danny, Michael, thank you. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Thank and thanks for listening to the Journos Edition Footy Talk. We'll be back with plenty more next week.